You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hog Talk Recap Edition. I'm Michael Bumpus with Nas Tachobi. The Seahawks fall to the Packers, 17-0 at Lambeau Field. Lots of reason to be hopeful going into this game. D. Eskridge was going to be back. Most importantly, Russell Wilson was back under center, just not able to get it done. Let's break it down and figure out what happened. See what had happened at first was. What happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Michael Bumpus, man. The Seahawks going into the game were 0-9 at Lambeau Field since 1999. The road teams in this series really struggled to win on the road, obviously, going 0-9 in the last nine meetings. And, you know, I woke up on Sunday, and I was feeling good. I was telling you when I walked in, I was feeling that sense of optimism. It was snowing in Green Bay. The atmosphere was there. We had guys coming back. Russell Wilson was making his triumphant return. You mentioned D. Eskridge was coming back. Everything kind of felt like the Seahawks were going to get that boost that they needed. Unfortunately, not how it happened. Seahawks fall to the Packers 17-0, to making their record at Green Bay now 0-10. Um, if we never have to go back there, uh, it'll be too soon. Um, it's just been a house of horrors for Seahawks fans and everyone involved. And I think a couple, there's a couple really big storylines when we talk about what happened yesterday. First off, it was Russell making his highly anticipated return under center. Now things didn't go the way he'd hoped for the way Seahawks fans hoped for the way the coaching staff hoped for. And this game kind of really turned into a defensive battle that I don't think any of us saw coming. I told you on our preview podcast that. If we held the Packers to under 28 points, I think we'd have a really good shot at the game. Now, if you would have told me that the Packers only score 17 points bump, I would have told you that they would have blown them out or at least won by double figures, man. What uh, did you see from Russell Wilson yesterday? He was 20 of 40 for 161 yards. He had two interceptions. Unfortunately, both of those occurred in the end zone. He was also sacked three times and had a rating of 39.7. So there's a lot of factors going on here. It was cold. Uh, obviously, Russell had come back from a finger surgery in record time, came back in four weeks after having a pin in there. It, it was cold trying to grip the football and then also not practicing for as long as he had. What did you see from him, and how would you evaluate his performance? And I saw Russ. He looked – at times, he looked really good. At times, he tucked the football. He ran. He would make the throw. And other times, it seemed like his rhythm was off just a little bit. You can tell he just hasn't really been in the game. There's a timing and a flow that happens when you play any sport, especially football. There's a lot of chemistry. You're playing with 10 other guys. You got to be on the same page. And I saw a guy late in the game who made two really bad mistakes. He forced the ball to DK, didn't work out, forced the ball late to Tyler Lockett, had two safeties over the top, just didn't work out. So I just I just saw a guy who hadn't practiced for a while. And um, I think we saw that with Aaron Rodgers, too. We also saw a guy who hadn't practiced for a while. He was only out 10 days. Russ was out for a month. So I I saw a guy who was competing. I saw a guy who was trying to lead his team to victory, but just couldn't get it done. And I think as the season goes along, especially after this week, we'll see Russ get healthy. He's going to fix a lot of these things. But, man, it's so hard to play this game, especially football without practice. It's not like basketball. Basketball, you can show up and kind of find your game. But football is such a precise sport. Um, It's tough, man. So 
feel bad for the Hawks. I feel bad for Russ, but I think they will bounce back from this. Well, you meant you hit the nail on the head right there. Football's a much different game, especially at that position. There's a reason why those 32 guys that get the opportunity to do it in this league get paid the way that they do because it is the toughest position in sports. I don't care what anyone says. So coming back without any practice time, I think if it was a different position, it would still take some adjustment time. But if you're returning as a corner or as a safety, as long as your mentals are right, maybe you get a couple hits, you get the pads warm, loosed up, I think it's easier to you know get into a flow of a football game other than playing quarterback. Now, what do you think of the offense as a whole outside of Russell Wilson, right? They struggled, of course. They didn't score any points. They punted on their first four drives in the end of half. Then they went punt, interception, punt, interception, downs in the second half. Why do you think they weren't able to get really in a flow offensively? And what do you think about the run game? Oh, that's tough, man. I think the run game was all right. It wasn't what it needed to be. It's not what we've become accustomed to seeing the last couple of years. Um, Alex Collins only had 40 yards. But the offense, it just didn't seem to really get into a flow. Nothing seemed to click, really. I was excited seeing the tight ends get more involved. Gerald Everett, we'll talk about him later. He was a playmaker for us, eight catches on eight targets. Will Disley got involved. But when you're relying on the tight ends to get you going and at the expense of DK and Tyler Lockett, you're not going to be really explosive unless you have a George Kittle or a, a Travis Kelsey. That, those aren't the type of tight ends that the Seahawks have. It was tough, man. I, I think... And Waldron is never going to say this, and Russell Wilson is never going to say it, but that finger affected how they called the game and how the game was played. It just did. You, you could see it. Um, it. It limited some things. So, um, yeah, man, I, I saw an offense who's trying to figure out who they are, who they are with Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson now. I think with Geno, um, Waldron kind of figured it out. Okay, what is he good at? What can he do? How can I have him manage this game? And now you kind of got to turn the page and say, all right, we got number three back. We got, we got our leader back. How aggressive are we going to be? Are we going to throw the ball down the field? Um, are we going to try some some new things? Saw a screen that I've never seen before. Wasn't successful. Saw D. Eskridge on a fly sweep. Wasn't successful. The deep ball wasn't successful. The only thing that was really good were the underneath stuff getting into the tight ends. It's, um, it's unfortunate because you know the team has talent, but it takes chemistry and practice to get things going. Yeah, Bump, and I think where the game really turned was – the Seahawks' third or second drive in the second half. It's the one where Russell's intercepted by Kevin King in the end zone. And if you go through that drive, that's the only drive in the game where they really got things going. The drive started on the 38-yard line, and the Seahawks actually had pretty decent starting field position for most of the football game. And they, they have a couple nice plays, mixing it up. Alex Collins had some nice runs. Russell found Collins and DK and a couple nice things. But here's where the game turned. It was first and 10 from the Green Bay 12. At that moment, the score was 3 to nothing. Packers. You were thinking the Seahawks are finding a way to get in the end zone. Unfortunately, what happens on first and 10, Russell Wilson incomplete to Freddie Swain. Then on second down, uh, Travis Homer kind of goes, goes back to him late. Travis drops it. Then third down is the interception. And that's where the game really turned. And while we're talking about the interception, someone's got to explain to me some stuff, Bump, because <laughs> I'm not saying this, and hear me when I say this, the Seahawks did not lose because of the officials. But it was a rough day. So someone needs to explain to me how Kevin King, how that's an interception. I know the rules kind of change about surviving to the ground, but they didn't even review it. It didn't even, to me, it didn't look like he had possession of the football. Okay, that's a huge play. Then you have the Daryl Taylor when he jumps on a fumble. Packer fans are going to be telling us, okay, what about the film, Mary? Okay, whatever. Dual possession, tie goes to the runner. Except the difference was I thought Taylor had it, then Rodgers jumped in late. 
and yeah. then it was dual possession. I think uh, Daryl Taylor had it at first. And then to start the game off, Ru- uh, Russell Wilson on that first down spot. And the fact that they Ray was the first one who caught, he's like, oh, I think they're going to spot this short. Because you have one official saying it's a first down. The Seahawks think it's a first and 10, and they're going up to the line of scrimmage thinking what they're going to run on first and 10. And at the last second, they're like, oh, it's fourth and one. So everyone's like, oh, why didn't you go for it? But that affects the play calling. You were thinking it was a different situation, and so the Seahawks had to punt it away. So it's disappointing. Again, not the reason why they lost the game, but it definitely didn't help the Seahawks. But the nice thing, Bump, we'll get into this a little bit more, but the defense, Bump, the defense was on point yesterday. I love to see it. Defense was really on point, man. The secondary played well. You hold Aaron Rodgers to no throwing touchdowns and one interception. Um, Last month, the defense has been playing well. I mean, they give up seven points, 13 points, 23 points, uh, and now 17. What else can you ask for? It's just time for everything to start clicking. I can't wait till that happens. I hope that happens pretty soon because time is running out. These guys are three and six, still in the playoff picture, but it's getting tougher and tougher. But uh, I'm happy for the defense because that was the not going into the season. Can the defense keep up with the offense? Right now, can this offense keep up with the defense is the question. And you're still waiting for guys to get healthy. Number 32, Chris Carson has to get healthy and get back in there. I would assume that changes things. Russell still has to get healthy. I'm convinced he's not 100%. I give him 85, 90%. I'm better than most at 85 and 90, but there's nothing like a Russell that's 100%. And the special teams, I mean, I think Michael Dixon still continues to do a great job, pinning back a couple times inside the 10 last night. Um, it's a complete 10 sport. You got three units that need to perform at a high level to get this thing going. Right now, I say one and a half units are playing good right now. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that's kind of been the Seahawks' issue all season is it's been hard for them to put it all together. There's great moments from the offense early in the season. There's been great moments from the defense as of late. There's been good halves here and there from each side of the football, but it's just trying to find a way to put all three phases of the game together at one time. And the Seahawks got to go now, man. They're three and six. This is weird, unfamiliar territory when I'm seeing the Seahawks at the bottom of the division, when I'm seeing them in the bottom of the playoff picture. But, Bump, they still got a shot. That's a crazy thing right now with how the league is going is they're not buried. They're not out of it. But things need to start changing soon. But getting back to the Green Bay game, let's talk about the Playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. All right, let's talk about these playmakers. Before this game started, I asked the football gods to get the tight ends more involved this game, and that's exactly what happened. Gerald Everett had eight receptions for 63 yards on eight targets. Coming into this game, he had 14 receptions on the whole season, so he was a point of emphasis. Got him involved, going across the field on shallows, quick passes. Um, I like it because Gerald Everett is your most versatile tight end. I think he's a decent blocker, he's a good route runner, and he's good with the ball in his hands. Why not open up the playbook and get these guys going? Like I said, it's going to take more than just one position group to uh, to take this offense to the next level. This was a group that we wanted to see get going. Gerald Everett had a good day. Yeah, sure did. Will Disley had a nice reception, too. And you mentioned it. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, it was a nice prediction. You were right on that. I wish it would have not come at the expense of some of the other position groups playing well. Right. But, no, uh, it's it's something to build off of and, and something to um, to feel good about in terms of the tight end room. Now, on the other side of the ball, we've talked about this for weeks now. I think at the I ended the podcast last week saying, I want to see that Jamal Adams game, that signature Jamal Adams game. And I think we got that on Sunday. He had 13 tackles, one tackle for loss. He had an interception. He had two 
quarterback hits. Jamal Adams played well, man. That is the Jamal Adams you gave up two first-round picks for. That is the Jamal Adams that, when he came to Seattle, that you expected to see. Yes, he didn't get the sacks, but he was effective. He was chasing Aaron Rodgers down, hurried a couple plays, got the hands on the football, picked him off in the end zone. And I I love to see it. Everyone gets on that man because he drops some balls this year and he only has three career interceptions. But the man's making plays. So I love to see it, and they need it. And when, when he's playing well, when Jamal Adams – or excuse me, Quandre Diggs is playing well, that can be one of the best safety tandems in the National Football League. So I love what I saw from Jamal Adams yesterday. Jamal got a pick and did the discount double check. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. First time getting a pick in a Seahawks jersey. Only his third of his career. Not something that he does, but if he can get that into his game, man, how dangerous can this man be? Another performer, Jordan Brooks, had 13 tackles, 10 solo, one tackle for loss. I mean, this guy is getting better every single week. Eventually, Bobby Wagner's going to pass the torch to this young man and say, look, this is now your linebacker unit, your defense, you are the general. But right now, he gets to learn under Bobby Wagner. We hear him talk after the game. He talks about how he has great communication with Bobby, how he's always learning, you know, not just on the field, but off the field as well. I mean, Bobby's been a great professional. We'll talk about a milestone that he reached. But it's nice to see a young player following in Bobby's footsteps and really developing every single week. I like where he's headed. Oh, no question about it. Jordan Brooks, 56, is out there making plays. I love seeing him in pass coverage. I think that's something that he's continually getting better at. I think diagnosing screen passes is something that's the next step for him and the rest of that linebacking unit. But great to see Jordan Brooks. And you mentioned Bobby Wilder. You know, he had eight tackles yesterday, and that feels like the quietest game of his career. And that just shows you <laughs> the standard that he plays the, the game with and where, how high the bar has been set. I mean, to, to have 10 straight seasons with 100 tackles, that's unbelievable, man. He's got 1,000 tackles, and he, he's still going. That's just consistency. I know you're a middle linebacker. You're supposed to get all the tackles and whatnot. But I just love to see the consistency that he plays this game with and uh, setting a great example for guys like Jordan Brooks and other young rookies as eventually he's going to pass the torch to some of these guys. So it's great that he's setting that example. But, but overall, when you talk about playmakers, the offense didn't score any points. So we're not going to spend a lot of time there. It kind of was what it was. But continue your praise. It's the defense as a whole. We mentioned a second ago, 17 points despite being on the field bump for 39 minutes. The Packers almost doubled them up in time of possession. Yeah, that's tough, man. You're on the field for that long. You have to get tired. That's when mistakes start to happen. But that's defense hung in there, man. Trey Brown had a great pass breakup on fourth and, and two. DJ Reed had two passes defended. We talked about Jamal. Rasheem Green had a sack. They held this team to 17 points. Three points going into the fourth quarter. Gave up one touchdown and then a late touchdown when the game was pretty much over. I'm just going to go ahead and give them 10. All right? Yeah, it says 17, <laughs> but they gave a really 10 points. And uh, you you hold any NFL team to 17 points, you got a really good chance to win the ball game. Unfortunately, the offense just couldn't get going. Yeah, I think um, it's crazy to think how two years in a row you can start the season as badly as they did um, and come back and be as good as they are now. And like I said, we mentioned it last podcast. Bump, I think they got they got an A minus on that midterm. Midterm came <laughs> they back. Got, they got A minus. <laughs> they got an A minus, and they're they're gonna need A's the rest of the way if they're gonna figure out a way to get into the playoff picture and, and try to rectify the second half of the season and go on a run. All right, now let's get over to that wide receiver roundup and bump. It did not look like we're typically used to seeing. We're used to seeing Tyler Lockett, 10 receptions on 11 targets, DK Metcalf, three touchdowns, what have you. 
Didn't look that way on Sunday, Bump. No, it didn't look like that. Um, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf had 16 targets between the two of them, eight apiece, five receptions. DK had three, Tyler had two. DK three for 26, Tyler two for 23. You're not going to win ball games like that, but Gerald Everett led the charge with eight targets, eight receptions, 63 yards. Travis Homer had three for 23. Will Disley had two for 22. Alex Collins, one for eight, and then Penny Hart, Freddie Swain, and Eskridge, excuse me, Penny Hart and Freddie Swain had a couple targets apiece, no receptions. Eskridge had one target for minus four, and that was on a jet sweep. They, they call that a, a reception because the quarterback tosses it up. It's more like a handoff to me. But, yeah, not a great day for the wide receivers. Good day for the tight ends, but they got to find a way to incorporate the two positions. Yeah, I'm hoping we, uh, we never see a, a box score like that for the rest of the season, Bob. Yes, sir. All right, now let's break down a play. Jamal Adams intercepts Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Here's the coach's corner. Rodgers steps up in the pocket, looks, gets hit, steps out of a possible sack. Bobby hits him. Ball is in the end zone, and it's picked off. Jamal Adams picks it off. It's intended in the end zone for DeGuara. Rodgers is hit just as he throws the ball by Wagner. It's intercepted the Seahawks. Kill the drive by the Packers and take over the first interception for Adams this season. Yeah, this is just what pressure looks like. This is what happens when you make a quarterback have to step up and slide to the right and make a poor decision. This is probably one of the worst decisions I've seen um, Aaron Rodgers make in his career. I mean, we saw three poor decisions by two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that resulted in turnovers. And uh, I know Rabel said Bobby Wagner got his hands on Aaron Rodgers. It was actually Rasheem Green. Um, I think that was Babino's key hawk to watch. Rasheem Green had a decent game. Uh, pretty much Aaron Rodgers is moving in the pocket. He has to step up, slide to the right. Al Woods makes him step up again. Then Rasheem Green gets his hands on him and pushes him down. I don't know what Rodgers is looking at because it seems like Jamal Adams is in perfect position. He pretty much has a receiver on the baseline, if you want to call it, the back end of the end zone, just making sure it was uh, tight end 81, just backed up. And we used to play this game three flags up back in the day. I'm sure they call it something else here in the Northwest. Uh, but that's what it looks like. Aaron Rodgers just tosses it up. Jamal Adams is in great position. And he does a good job catching it with his hands. He goes up with his hands yep. and gets the football. Doesn't let it drop on him. Yeah, no, it's great. I think we call flyers up here in the Northwest. Uh, but, no, you, you mentioned Jamal Adams high point of the ball. It's a great finish to the play. But you're right about Aaron Rodgers. And it makes me think. I'm wondering if he was initially going to try to throw this out of the back of the end zone, but the pressure got there mm. too fast and he couldn't have, he didn't have enough muster to get out of the back of the end zone because it's good. You mentioned it, what pressure looks like. It starts with Alton Robinson. He was close about four or five times, couldn't hold on, but he starts the pressure, initially gets hands on Rodgers. Then Al Woods flashes kind of and makes him step up in the pocket again, and Rasheed Green finishes it off and throws Rodgers into the ground hard. That you look at the replay, he was in the turf. And then because Jamal's it's a he's a deep he's a deep safety he's playing center field and he starts the the play on the goal line so he didn't even have to pedal much he's kind of shuffling his feet reading the quarterback makes a great play gets his hands on the football and you love to see it that's something you can build off of I I equate it to you know people I don't think Jamal Adams thinks this way so I'm not projecting on him but I'll project on myself. I didn't have great hands bump. That's why I played DB, okay? <laughs> and when you drop a couple interceptions, you start thinking about it. You start, so now the ball, instead of just being like, the ball's in the air, okay, your mentality should be, that's my ball. Anytime it's in the air, period. 
it's hard. You're either ball hawk or you're not. So once you start yeah. dropping balls, you start second guessing yourself when the ball's in the air instead of just going up there and getting it. So what I love to see here that builds confidence. You go up there, snatch a football. Now you start thinking every time the ball's in the air, it's mine. And if Jamal Adams, like you said, can start getting interceptions, oh boy, uh, <laughs> it's going to be good for this defense. Let's go, Jamal. Adding interceptions to your game, and you are the complete safety in the league. All right, man. Well, another week, another loss. No victory formation for us. The clock just ran out. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. All right, clock ran out, man. Russell Wilson made his way back on the field, but it wasn't enough against the Green Bay Packers. We knew going into this game, it was going to be tough. 1999 was the last time this team won in Green Bay. They are now 0 for their last 10 in Green Bay. Something about Lambeau Field just doesn't work for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell was hurt. Offense played well. I mean, excuse me, defense played well. Offense couldn't get going. Uh, just struggles all the way around, man. But I expect Russell bounce back. Of course, I mean... What he went through to get back just to be able to play in the football game was remarkable on itself. So it, it was almost unfair to expect him to play at the level that we expect him to play at right off the jump. But he's just so special. We just kind of assume that it's going to happen. When he's on the field, he's going to be Russ. Um, so he's going to get healthy. He's going to bounce back. He'll be better. Defensively, we mentioned it. It was the best performance of the year, in my opinion, given the opponent. You know, it was okay. It was great against the Jags. It was great against the Steelers, who were down with some guys. It was great against the Saints, who were, you know, were also down some guys. But you were facing the Packers, one of the best teams in the National Football League, one of the best teams in the NFC, one of the best offenses with Rodgers and uh, Lazard and Devontae Adams and the guys they have over there. So great job defensively. Um, they seem to keep building on it. And next week, bump, the Cardinals come to town. The Seahawks need a win in the worst way. I've been saying yep. this from the jump. I'm a little less confident than I was a couple weeks ago that I think a 9-8 and eight team will make the playoffs. But for the Seahawks to get to 9-8, and eight, they got to go 6-2 they gotta go, uh, and two the rest of the way, which means you're going to have to get one against the Cardinals and maybe the Rams as well. So it's going to be tough. Um, and the Cardinals are 5-0 and oh on the road. So this is a big one coming up here, Bump. All right. The table is set. Nas told you what these guys got to do. A 9-win team could sneak into the playoffs but it all starts this week as the arizona cardinals come into town all right it's been real hawk talk recap edition the seahawks fall to the packers 17 to 0 at lambeau field russell wilson is back we hope he has another great week to prepare and get healthy we'll check the status of chris carson defense is playing well offense time to catch up and do what you do it's been real i'm michael bumpus he's nasa chobie we'll talk to you soon <laughs>